Hey guys, Maria Menunos here. Before your favorite TV after show begins, we want to let you know about my new show on Sirius XM Stars Channel 109. It's called Conversations with Maria, and it's live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Go to conversationswithmaria.com for more info. Buzz you later. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, After Buzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Yeah. Oh yes, there we go, look at that. Sweet sounds of those bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Well, I'll tell you what you're gonna do right now. We're gonna talk about the Angie Tribeca shows here Woo-hoo. on Woo. After Buzz TV. Welcome, everybody. Hey. Look at that. Yes, another hot two episodes that we're gonna be breaking down on After Buzz TV here, dealing with Angie Tribeca. I'm your host. We're joined by the whole, we got the whole squad here today. Yeah. What's up? Ready to break down. Yeah, we're gonna break down some episodes here. Uh, starting off with intros, I'm Frank Moran. You can follow me at on Twitter at Happy Go Jackie. Next, we've got Nikki Preston. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Nikki Preston TV and Instagram at Nikki.Preston. Michael Klaus on Instagram at The Only MC on Twitter at Michael Klaus TV. And you can find me everywhere at Nadine DP3. That's right, folks. Now, uh, like us on Facebook and iTunes there. Uh, check us out on uh, SoundCloud, all that stuff. we got a lot of great shows here on AfterBuzz, not just Angie Tribeca, but that's what we're going to be dealing with today. So join us in on the chat room as well if you want to get in on the conversation. And we're going to be breaking down, as always, two episodes of Angie Tribeca. Halfway yes. through. Yes. Halfway through the season, guys. As of, as of tonight, we're actually will be more than halfway through. Where's the time gone? crazy when you're having fun that's yeah. right <laughs> it's already february 1st today so we're asking ourselves a lot of questions of where is the time going <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so uh, we're going to kick it off with the first episode of breaking down today episode five commissioner big fish mm-hmm. look at that folks there they go well it's uh as you uh, i love this it starts off in a nice bar uh yeah. where uh we're gonna see uh, uh, uh giles in his uh sweet little uh, little tank top there. he was oh. so cute oh my gosh i loved it the fish <laughs> top and the cut off jean shorts oh that was adorable oh looked good but look but i also really into the part too i mean he had the he had the skills down flipping mm-hmm. the bottles yeah, yeah. that's really a really what he was doing yeah that's what stuck out to me if you guys have ever been to a bar and you see these bartenders really try and like you wonder especially like here in los angeles to be a bartender you have to be good as good as guiles kind of is yeah. i mean it's obviously yeah. a little excessive with the spinning the bottles but you can't just get a gig out here being a bartender like it's going to be that easy just so shows how he intense really, they get in yeah so he really had to, to do that you know mm-hmm. what's your uh, bar uh, bartending kind of flair like <laughs> Mine is, mine is terrible. I mean, I'd love to be able to do like Tom Cruise and cocktail. Mm-hmm. I think everybody would love to be able to whip those bottles around that cool. But yeah. reality, I would uh, have too many broken bottles around me to ever really get hired. I think you just got to make the drinks really strong. As long as you make the drinks strong, <laughs> everyone's happy. Everyone by loosens the, up a little bit. By the third or fourth one, nobody will care how you're making them as long as they're strong. Exactly. exactly. There you go. So you just have to do good at the beginning of your shift. And then mm-hmm. later on, eh, it's whatever. Everyone will yeah. be happy. Mm-hmm. The night goes Maybe on. Maybe just a few tosses. You don't have to flip the bottle a yeah. lot. but. Mm-hmm. And did you notice too? Once he threw the bottles up, they got stuck up on the ceiling, and it was like they I don't came know, down. They came down maybe uh, near the end of that yeah, scene. Yeah. Yes, near the they, end finally, of the scene. they finally crashed yeah. down. It came back down. But yeah, but that also brings up what is too much with bartenders when they do that type of stuff? Is it a little too showy? Is it a little like, eh? or is it just their craft? I don't know. I think it, it might be a little showy. They just want to get some tips and some attention, but I think they should just pour the drink, get the drinks out fast, you just so we're not get in drunk. line. I you just, just want to get, get drunk. It's okay. <laughs> I just want to get drunk. I want my drink fast. I don't want you throwing bottles around. So no guiles for you. No, no guiles. guiles. Okay, there you go. All right. Well, Is that water that you're drinking? <laughs> <laughs> making sure. It's clear, so it could be. Hey, it could hey. be. <laughs> well, the reason they're at the bar is they're trying to figure out, uh, they think there's some hanky-panky going on there. Uh, a sting. Yeah, a sting. They're trying to find out if there's some illicit sex being sold out there out of the bar they check out to the uh, they go out to the booty room mm-hmm. to find out well no there's mm. not really bad things happening in the booty room you're just actually making booties which I was actually like oh alright that was a nice one that got me that one got it me it did I admit. right I'm yes. glad that we're finally to that point where we're you know getting fooled a little bit mm-hmm. and I mean obviously we're five episodes in but having that you know I thought they were going to be able to find something else or see something else in that room and they didn't 
And it, like you said, it was a good surprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, all right. Yeah, you stuck with the name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you put it right there for us, and we were still tricked. Yes. They, put the they name didn't the find anything room. in that first room. No. No, no. no. That was it. No. Yeah. And, and the whole uh, bar. Yeah. And, and they also, uh, uh, Trebek is feeling like she's not getting any attention there. She's been in the bar. Nobody's been paying any attention to her. So Gail says, well, no, you got to get changed. You got to do something mm-hmm. different. So she goes up on stage, changes in this little number, and then has to go out and sing mm-hmm. her song for salad in E minor. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, anybody's go to song? Yeah. Lots of puns mm-hmm. in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just it's just very creative, obviously. If Tribeca's going to get up and sing something, she's doing her own original song mm-hmm. we haven't heard, you know? And mm-hmm. I think the writing was great on that. <laughs> and I loved her costume, too, right out of the lost and found. I mean, that's where we would go, like, when I used to dance or do different things. It was really kind of gross, but if we didn't have shoes or anything, they'd be like, oh, here, girls, pick some shoes out of the lost and found. What? <laughs> what? what? Really? You can find gold mine yeah, in that. Exactly, though. you so can. You never know. It's gross, but we were kids, but, you know, Angie kind of did the same thing when her <laughs> <laughs> Did it depend on the bar? Like, could you know what you were going to find in the Lost and Found, depending mm-hmm. on what bar you were at? Yeah, I knew exactly what I was going to find, but you're right. Well, because this was my dance studio, so it was going to be dance shoes, okay. but you're right. If you go to, like, the Lost and Found at a bar, I... God yeah, I don't think she's speaking about a bar. But, oh, yeah, okay. but this was good. Yeah, let's just clarify. She was not speaking about a bar. She was relating it to ballet <laughs> bar. But <laughs> well, uh, we even like uh, uh, we, we've got uh, Deanne Cole hanging out in surveillance truck, which I did like the mm-hmm. uh, the very subtle sign on the side of it: surveillance and sons. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah sons. yes, yeah. I love that he is like we've we've talked about on past shows is how he hasn't really been as prominent of a figure until about the mm-hmm. last episode when he really was with the SWAT team, and so I love that they start off with him being a part of the sting. Mm-hmm. This is the first time he's really, um, the three of them are really working together and you actually mm-hmm. see that. Yeah, um, Hoffman. Yeah. yeah, oh, and finally, mm-hmm. yeah, the pup. He's the in. pup mm-hmm. gets some recognition, you know, so I think I predicted that very well, that that was going to happen eventually. <laughs> he's yeah, in three or four scenes. Yeah, there's a bunch yeah. of scenes we see, we see later on, and, and even in one of the scenes, they actually, because that's what I was wondering, if it's going to be a dog that's going to speak, or just a normal dog there, but they actually had him wink at yeah. one point. <laughs> so I loved it. I was like, alright, the dog's I, doing the wink. I feel bad, though, because they're always yelling at him, like, Tanner, anytime he <laughs> talks to the dog, it's just basically to yell at him. Yeah, oh, poor Hoffman. I know. I know. She was Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor well, they they find nothing right there at that sting there. So then we cut into the opening montage there, and we find out, as always, our running gag here: who's screaming at the mm-hmm. uh, through the course mm-hmm. of this theme song? We find out again: it's the cop who has stuck his hand to the he stapled the paper to his hand mm-hmm. as he's trying to staple it there on the wall. So that's the one who's screaming in this episode. We also learn though that it's a special week at the police department. It is Bring Your Kid to Work Week. Yes. <laughs> oh goodness! Yes. I love it. Would you guys go to Bring Your Child to Work Day? You know well, when. Back in the day? I never did. My, although my dad worked at a prison, so oh. I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah. That you might be... have nightmares that would traumatize you. <laughs> <laughs> never did it. Did you guys do it? Or? Uh, my dad kind of ran his own business. I mean, I, I was there frequently, yeah. but it wasn't like an official day. Yeah. I mean, the kid actually get out of school for that? Yeah. Yes, yeah, I did. Because that was yeah. the thing. Mm-hmm, that was the best. But yeah, my dad worked out of the house, so my mom was a stay-at-home mom. But yeah, I got to stay home, work downstairs with dad for a little, and the rest mm-hmm. of the day, you know, just hung a out. Sta- so you just <laughs> stayed home? I just stayed at mm-hmm. home a little. No, but I worked with my dad in the basement. We did mm-hmm. some things, you know, but not not a lot. Uh, the business yeah, guy. Like, what else can you really do with a sales yeah. guy? Yeah. Yeah. Kid? Like, it's like a free day off, yeah. you know. I mean, my mom worked at Kodak back in the day, so it was fun Ooh. because we got to take pictures. They'd have dinosaurs and all these cool, like, green screens and, and sets in the background, so I always enjoyed That's going exciting. to it. Well, yeah, well, in the police force here I on the show, like. they were just demolishing everything inside the station. Yes, like it was just horrible. Just, like, the kids yeah. just tossing here's around a, cocaine. Oh, uh, yeah, like <laughs> anything they wanted, they were doing. They here's were the thing. Forget bring your kid to work day as, like, a kid going to police station. I would love to just, like, spend a day in a police station doing what they were doing. As an Getting adult. to see the evidence, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. using some of the weapons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be a blast. Just breaking things. Just every come that's your that's yeah. your life, James. Is just go demolish go. a police station. Mm-hmm. It would be a blast. <laughs> I guess so hey, we can make dreams happen. Maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, it was interesting because you finally learned a little bit about the rest of the people that work at the precinct there, other than uh, Trebek and Giles. Everybody else has a family there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, the lieutenant's got his son. We, mm-hmm. We've seen Hoffman's got his son. A yeah. Little, his little pup right there. Yeah, that was the cute oh, part. Oh, you see Tanner as an eight-year-old, and then Hoffman yes. also has his little puppy mm-hmm. too. This, it was oh, I love it. I love that Tanner. And, and Hoffman are getting more recognition. <laughs> great. So, yeah, they go and they talk to the lieutenant there who uh, tells Angie not to get her panties in a bunch, too, <laughs> which then she has her panties in her big bunch. There. Of in course. The back. Yep, of course. Of course it's going to be there. <laughs> that's the thing now. It's like, like, are we still laughing at it, even though we know that's going to happen, or no? 
like panties in a bunch and that you're going to see panties in a bunch. Is that still mm-hmm. funny to us or what are you guys feeling based off that? I, I just feel like they, they never let any, I mean, you're not going to put something in there if you're not going to do a play on it. Mm-hmm. And, and it might not, it's, I don't know, it's one of those things where I'm not laughing out loud, but I'm just like, all right, yep, okay, yep, yeah. you're sticking with it, yep, yep, it's a respect. doing it, yep. Mm-hmm. It's a respect thing. And if they stopped, I feel like it would be like, oh, you Why didn't it. you do yeah. it? Okay, yeah. yeah. Because they've gone this far with it. Mm-hmm. We're in yeah. episode five, you can't just see halfway through. You yeah. can't just stop it now. Okay. Yeah, but no, I agree. It's not like I'm laughing out loud as mm-hmm. much, but I'm just like I'm appreciating it. There you mm-hmm. go. I like yeah. that word, appreciating mm-hmm. it. Yeah, because I'm not I'm not finding it as funny, but I'm just like, oh, that's cl- it's, it's yeah. There it is. I agree. Yeah. With you. I think it's the still appreciation witty. It's for still the writing. Clever. Yeah. And it's good. I'm glad they're still doing it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you feel like everything is written in a script for a reason. It's mm-hmm. not just exactly. a throwaway line. Everything has some sort of payoff. Oh, yeah. And I actually found um, there is this uh, Steve Carell, he was quoted in Deadline. He said, um, in regards to the writing, he said, it's tricky and silly, and there's an enormous amount of thought that goes into what works and what doesn't work. So as, we, as we've been saying in the past, yeah. like, how hard is it to write for this? And he basically says that it is. It's very hard to write this type of comedy. So that's coming right out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you want something that's going to help keep pushing the story along, but then also has room to be able to be played off in a couple different ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as even as corny as these jokes may be sometimes or just mm-hmm. over the top, it is hard to create that type of, that type of environment, mm-hmm. I guess, that comedic vibe. So, yeah, yeah they did a good job. Yeah, especially after if you're doing like uh, 11 episodes a season, you yeah. got to think how many different kind of variations of things you've seen in police precincts, different kind of tropes and stuff like that. By you know, as we're writing like episode eight, nine, ten, you're like, wow, we've already exhausted mm-hmm. every kind of expression, yeah. every yeah, kind of there's scenario. No repetitive puns, no, almost, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. I mean, it shows that creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So they find out the lieutenant is, wants Angie to drop this case. It's like, yeah. no, 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 we don't want you to pursue this anymore. And find out that uh, from uh, from uh, Giles, he's like, no, Angie, wait, he, he wants you to let this go. You never let anything go. Mm-hmm. You've got this goldfish that's been dead on your desk for two years, and you haven't let that go. <laughs> but I think it's a deeper thing, too. Like, we're finding out that Angie really does have a heart. She she does care. She just gets hurt easily. So I think that's the kind of the whole symbol, too, having the goldfish or the fish for, for two years. She loves, you know, she wants to be in love. She wants to find someone. And she starts off hard, it seems like, in the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. And then by the end, she kind of, at, at the end, you know, she seems like she likes kids more in the beginning. She, like, yeah. hates them. And, yeah, um, and Jay obviously brings that up to her of about kids. And I didn't really get a very, um, I don't want to say, like, sexual vibe, but a, like a uh, couple vibe mm-hmm. that he was trying to, like, bring it up for that reason. I mean, obviously, I feel like it was there a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a major, like, he was bringing that up specifically so that it would be a, a lead-in to, like, them getting together. See, I found that completely different. I found it was just more of a, a friendly question, like, oh, really? Yeah, you yeah. don't want kids? Not as a... Yeah, that's what I was saying. Oh, that's yeah, what you're yeah. saying? Okay. Yeah, that it, I didn't find it You as didn't much find as, it, gotcha. Yes. Okay, I agree yeah, yeah. with that. I agree with that. I don't disagree with you. I agree with you. <laughs> and other, yeah. other than, uh, like, unlike past episodes where it's been some kind of deep-rooted kind of personal trauma in their pasts, this is just, I mean, while she's mm-hmm. not a big fan of kids, it's not like some kind of deep, encompassing kind of like something mm-hmm. that happened in her past that kind of gave her these feelings that she needs to kind of overcome and address mm-hmm. by the end of the episode. Same thing for this one and episode six. They weren't like big, deep backstories that kind of tied in with our characters. Just mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. some Well, kind this of, one was more the lieutenant was the one who had the connection in this yes. case. It seems like someone, they always have some type of connection. It may not be as deep as some of the mm-hmm. other ones, but there's always some connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Scandal. Mm-hmm. There you yeah. go. Yes, Uh-oh. that's right. Scandal going on. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Giles goes underneath, uh, uh, undercover for the uh, at the the rich, lonely business guys conference mm-hmm. there. Yes, <laughs> and meets uh, Amy Smart. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, a couple yeah. of cameos in this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. yeah, she is the first. Yeah, finds Amy Smart there, and they go on a little uh, as they try to break down like what she can offer him, and they have to go find some place private that they can talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they went to a funeral, they went to a library, and then they church? was that was that you know, was that the it was church a funeral one? at the okay. church. Yeah, a library, and then you a know, monastery. Monastery. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. and they end up where they end up at, in a yeah. cop station. <laughs> your dream. They end up where you want to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I did like the end. I can't believe I spent a whole montage with you. That's incredible because it just really does. It touches like there's so many corny montages in television and movies that mm-hmm. happen. So I love that they finally were able to to get that little joke in as well because it's huge. Even in, in cop shows as well, we see it all the time. Yeah, you know, montages about what they were doing during the day to try and discover it, etc. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so from her, they find out where this hotel is. That uh, all these things are happening, and so you know, with the code words like "I'm here to pay," "I'm here to pay for sex." Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be your like little password to let them yep. know that like, you're in. All the way in. Yep, yep. Yes. I love the, the name of the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> See, yeah. everything. Every little yes. thing. Like we've been saying, they do stick with the theme, you know? <laughs> the names, the places. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it and, works. And of course, they clean the room. They get the cleaning lady to come in so they don't have any evidence, any proof for mm. the most part. Besides yeah. the wall. <laughs> That's the thing, though. Oh. Like, that's like about hotels. Would you want someone to blacklight your hotel room before you go into it? Or you just not want to know what's really happening. I, it's, better know. Know. I it? it's better not yeah, to know. I think it's better not to know. You try not to think about it. Mm-hmm. Right? So you just go in. You don't want someone to blacklight, see all these. Uh, how many people have stayed yeah. in that room before you, you know? You would never go to a hotel again. No. You cannot. You don't yeah. want to blacklight it. Was it a while? Or was it last year or two years ago when they had big bed bugs was a big thing yes. in yes. hotel rooms? And that, you know, because they travel in luggage, they get everywhere. All right, all right, enough nope. bed bugs. Enough no, bed bugs. No, like, no, Quizzically, this, this time you back to a few episodes ago with the, um, not a detective, but she was uh, like an analyst or whatever, where she, uh, any prints, no, I cleaned them all off. Mm-hmm. And she oh, yes. was the one who allowed the maid to completely clean yeah. the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I found mm-hmm. that same tie-in of she's just fine with like, Letting things, letting be things, just, yeah. 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 yeah, letting it just happen. Doesn't care. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I need more shampoo and conditioner. That's right. And they do find you, the. Do big you sneak? Do you sneak? Oh, I do. Shampoo, conditioner, or soap, anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean they're providing it for you. There, so mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it's, it's included in the cost of the room. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, robes. No, it's like no. Uh, being like <laughs> absolutely Beverly Hills. There's a yes. the limit. There's a <laughs> the limit. Come on, Ross and friends. <laughs> yeah. That's right, yeah. They wouldn't put that robe in the room if they didn't yeah. want you to just take it, right? And the fuzzy little slippers that yes. go along. So they don't give those anymore. That's why no, you no. never That's see those anymore. So you'll take your them. Fault. No, so yeah, come I'm sorry, on. guys. I'm sorry. I've got a, a nice collection of robes, though, at Please home. Please direct no. your hate mail to Frank yeah. Moran <laughs> after Buck. <laughs> uh, and they find out the reason that they, uh, the lieutenant is so gun shy about busting this is that the police commissioner, uh, they spot him coming out of the hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, which then they go into a really old reference, Eric, uh, uh, with uh, him, uh, those Native American roots there, as uh, somebody throws a little trash on the ground in front of him, and he does the old payback from the old 70s mm-hmm. Indian commercial where he turns and the tears running down his face. <laughs> Even Kyle says, like, oh, that's a that's a really old reference. Yeah, see, that was too old for me. I did not. I didn't get it. Yes. I saw you cracking up I when did. we were watching yeah. it. Have you and not I was seen like, that old commercial? No, I haven't I seen it. Maybe I should. Yeah, we have to I was going to ask you about it. it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's just a, a Native American standing on the side of the, as all these people are littering out on the roads and stuff, and then he just turns to the camera and just like just like uh, David Koechner does, just has a tear running down his cheek. Oh, wow. I'm going to have yeah, to look so that one really, up. Yeah, so that's a really, really old reference. Which is good because they're trying to open it up to all audiences. Yeah. I mean, if you look at that, it's not just like a completely young generation thing. They're throwing in some of those jokes and some people mm-hmm. who might have been around when Airplane came out and yeah. really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so then they go back and they blacklight the rooms so we've been talking yeah. about, which I did like, though, the one that's the hashtag orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> Just showing exactly what's on that wall right yes. there. <laughs> we didn't already know what was going on in there. <laughs> Where it came from. But this is the first episode that we've had uh, shows there without Edelweiss, uh, Edelweiss in there. Mm-hmm. So I felt like it was... I felt I missed Alfred Molina. Yeah, I, it was just not the same. That little scene mm-hmm. where they interact with uh, with Scholl is just not the same. Mm-hmm. Unless we have uh, Edelweiss coming there, there was some kind of ailment that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so then they figure out. Well, uh, uh, the reason that the lieutenant is so uh, reluctant about this, is that we have this nice flashback, as Nikki was mes- mentioning, so close mm-hmm. and personal to the lieutenant. We flash mm-hmm. back as he looks in his locket back to the 70s. Mm-hmm. Some sweet outfits, some sweet hair. Mm-hmm. The yes. whole action scene with that is just typical 70s action cop show, though. It was, yeah, it, it is. It was very on point with how it all is. I mean, it went with the theme of Andrew Tribeca in general, but I think that really tied into the 70s theme a lot. Also mm-hmm. with the take the picture. Hurry up, take the picture, yes. take the picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even yeah, the long, right. the, the long bit where uh, he's going to take a bullet for the lieutenant, mm-hmm. but then he has to do that long, elaborate gymnastic routine to yeah. come and oh, stop yeah. that bullet right there at the end. Oh, well, that's how it is in every cop scene we've seen in the show so far, is they do mm-hmm. all these random acrobats and these 007 moves just yeah. to, to make a, a one step. So mm-hmm. that's sort of, they kept the theme of that, too, whenever they're in their action shots. Yeah, the the one that I was like, even I was like, oh, was when he says, oh, I feel so cold. And it's like, oh, because this bag of ice is on <laughs> oh, you. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a stretch. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that was, was a stretch. A stretch. Yeah. I didn't like it. I didn't like yeah. that one at all. It was a little stretch. Yeah. It just popped out of nowhere. It's just <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that was too much for me. That I was didn't a like reach, that one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how did that bag of ice just get there? That, wait, what? That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it is Angie Tribeca. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. This is what we expect, but mm-hmm. still, I don't know. Wasn't a fan. So they figure mm-hmm. if they want to stay, uh, so the co- the lieutenant doesn't want to get involved, but he's he's torn because he's you know he made this pledge to his friend that always have each other's back, but he's also a cop, so he's got to figure out what to do. 
So they decide they're going to go undercover to try to see if they can capture the uh, catch the police commissioner in the act. And so, which I did, like the guy got, Giles is all dressed up in his little fishnet mm-hmm. there, like uh, and his sailor hat. Like, so oh, I thought I was going to be the the bait for the uh, the, the police commissioner. <laughs> He looked good. Yeah, he, he really Get some abs good. on that guy. Yeah. He, yes. And the little jean yeah. shorts. Oh my gosh. You're was, just I loving was, Giles I this was episode. Loving yes. Giles. This was honestly my favorite, favorite episode. I know last episode. Crush on Giles. Move okay. over, Angie. Here's, here's your choice Giles or James Franco? Oh, yeah. Man. That's a James good Franco, I'm yeah, sorry. I, I, see, I was going to say, you got to think. But, but Giles comes showing up at your door wearing the little sailor hat and the little mm. mesh stuff. Ooh, that would be, it would be tricky, but um, James Fishnets. Franco. Really? James Franco. James Franco. Poor Giles. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Push to the side. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The good Uh-oh. news, you're number two. The bad news, number two, is also last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great reference. Uh, so Angie goes undercover and finds out that the police commissioner is not there for sex. He is there because he has a baby fetish. Yeah. Wants to be an adult baby. And this is actually interesting. It's like a a fad. It's like something that's taking over. I've watched a few episodes on television about like the reality. Yeah, reality series about adult babies. And it's actually like that's the type of thing people do. All right. Let me paint a scenario for you guys, Mm -hmm. Nadine and Nikki. So you're you're dating a guy. It's going really great. You've been Mm -hmm. going out for like six, seven, eight months. (laughs) You guys are really enjoying each other. And then finally, just one night, he decides to really open up and share with himself that he does have a baby fetish. Mm-hmm. And you guys have been wow. together. It's not like the first date where it's like, oh, I'm at the door. But you've actually kind of developed really mm-hmm. real feelings with this guy. And he reveals that to you. He just gets vulnerable, shares that with himself. Do you guys just like take off head wow. for the hills? Or are you like willing to at least explore the option with him? I mean, if you're in, it depends. Are you in love with this person? Are you invested? Because I mean, it shouldn't be superficial if you're in love with. You're someone. two months in. So you're two months in. I mean, uh, yeah, you have to assess that. You have to assess yeah. where your heart's sort out with that. Because I believe if you love someone, you love all of them. And maybe okay. yeah, maybe take them to see a therapist with them and like all that and understand Whoa! what's going on. Hey, our next understand what's going on that's causing them, and you can really a understand. Honey. No, not right. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like you, you understand where they're coming from. So yeah. I'm not going to say no right away. I mean. Two months is different than two years. So, mm-hmm. All right, so like, oh, that's what it, I would it, say. so if it's eight, eight, nine months, you've really you've, you've gotten to the point where you said I love you to each other. That's what I'm saying. If you're yes. loving them, if you you genuinely love them, then yes. yeah, you you deal with it. You don't right. just it, run. You don't just hide. I think it depends how far they go. Like, are we talking full baby suit, changing the diapers, like Angie had to do? Or are we talking about like a little? So I he said, yeah, you're on the couch, and he says, hold on a sec, I'll be right back. And he walks into the bedroom, and he comes out, and he just puts on a little bonnet, and he's wearing a diaper. Oh, and he right. says, I'm gonna, this is, this is what I'm all about. Do you just like, yeah? I, I would, I'd be freaked out, I'm not gonna lie, but <laughs> if I really loved him, I think I would try to work it out. You know, maybe like you said, yeah. go to therapy. I don't yeah. know if fetishes, you can really cure those, because people kinda develop them, I think, from what I was reading during childhood, and it's kinda like, yeah. I you think know. you at least have to try it. You have to just yeah. at least see. I mean, I'm not going to be going and changing people's diapers, <laughs> doing any of that stuff. No, mm-hmm. I'm saying be like, okay, cool. I don't know if I can handle it, but let's try it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Let's see. If you want to be your baby, then I'd be a baby. I'm not going to be a part of it, but here What if you're married, though? What if he actually waits until you're married and then springs this on you? I, I don't mean, know. I don't even want to think no. about it. No. I can't. Yes. It's too much. Well, it was nice because, I too mean. too much. As much as they, Angie didn't, it was she just reluctant to have kids. It was like I, even I wasn't expecting this to just tie in that way. Where it's like all of a sudden somebody who doesn't like kids is all of a sudden forced to actually baby. change uh, a baby. Yeah. There, mm-hmm. just to treat this uh, adult like a baby and, and change him and go through all that experience. And mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like she really. Well, I mean, not the fact that she's not enjoying because it it's a grown man, but yeah. uh, you know, just like oh, I gotta change this baby's diaper. Yeah. This is not mm-hmm. not the not fun at all. But no one bust him, yeah. And of course, we haven't even mentioned who the baby is. Probably the, the biggest cameo, mm-hmm. David Coker, mm-hmm. obviously Anchorman, has yes. a big tie-in yeah. with a lot of uh, Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. So there you go. They're it's not completely surprising that he's in there, but he's a pretty big name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's he, a pretty big baby. Yeah, pretty big baby. Yeah, pretty big baby. <laughs> so he gets out, and uh, Giles goes on a uh, pursuit with him. They head into an orphanage, and then it goes out to a park where everybody's walking around in their strollers, and he has to go and start trying to figure out where the baby is hiding out on the stroller. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when he finally discovers him, they, they start fighting with uh, the bottle of milk and a toy, yeah. just as yes. babies do. So, uh, the sword sounds. Yeah, it was yeah. great. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, that fight really just... Came with the whole adult baby feel, even outside. Mm-hmm. So. But but even with the playoff where we see somebody fighting with the knife, and they get like the guy gets on top and started to put the knife into you, yeah. and then it's just a bottle <laughs> into his mouth. I yeah. thought that was a nice little uh, yeah. little play on all that. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. And he was able to fit into the little stroller, and he pops out, <laughs> yeah. and then he's like big again. And mm-hmm. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I like the suspense of where you didn't know which uh, carriage he was in too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it gets like we were saying earlier. You know, it's they're developing that point where. 
you don't exactly know what is coming next, and so it keeps you on the edge of your seat a little bit. And I think that's you like that. Your heart was racing. You I, know what yeah, one I was, was going to be. I didn't know You're which like, oh, one no, you'd be in, one. and so it keeps you. You know, it keeps you guessing a little bit, right. which the show a lot about hasn't you done. Yeah, I like to be cup guessing. Oh, there you go. Well, because I admit, because you were thinking like, all right, well, he's you know like a six foot, maybe two six foot three man. Yeah, and yeah, he's, he, there's no way he could be in our baby stroller, right? Mm-hmm. No, nope, he is in our baby yeah, stroller. Of course he is. And Angie Tribeca. Angie Tribeca. That's right. Uh, but uh, Jerry Burns, lieutenant, saves the day, though. Yeah. Get some keys there, distract mm-hmm. him, and then they uh, they arrest him. Mm-hmm. Which is the, now the third, uh, well, maybe fourth, I guess, if you count Angie and Tribeca differently. But uh, Hero, because obviously um, the other partner uh, was able to get him with, yeah, last episode, with yeah, the Tanner. fridge. Tanner. Yep. Tanner was able to get him with the fridge. Angie and Tribeca have each had their moments. Now we have another Hero. That's right, the yeah. lieutenant comes in, yeah. Comes mm-hmm. actually out on the in the field with everyone. Mm-hmm. Where he hasn't been before, he's only just cooped up in his little office. Yeah, but it was his—you know—it was his friend. He had a—you know—yeah, he had to play, play, play do a part. Do what you gotta do. Do what you gotta do. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, and then you know, although I felt like it was a little forced to me by the end that Angie was so concerned about him. It's like, oh my gosh, he's gonna be okay. Is he gonna make friends <laughs> while he's in prison? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Eh, I don't know if I thought that yeah. was a great payoff for that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess they're playing that off of when you change someone's diapers, you become very intimate and close <laughs> with someone, so then you start to care about them. But yeah, I didn't like it either. I thought it was over the top. I think it was more trying to show that she really does like kids. She wants to settle down eventually. Mm-hmm. She wants kids, but she's just very afraid, and I think maybe one day we'll see her and Giles get together, maybe maybe talk about kids, but he's still the more sensitive one and wants yeah. the kids, but maybe we could change her. Yeah, I felt like in this episode and in the one we're going to be talking about in just a second, episode six, I felt like the romantic possibilities between them weren't something that really were explored. I mean, they were just mm-hmm. more like partners in these, which was fine with me. I wasn't like I was yeah. lacking, like, oh, mm-hmm. where's that romantic tension? Mm-hmm. I was still fine with them just mm-hmm. being partners and just kind of going off and having adventures together. And sometimes you can get to know each other best when you nothing romantic is forced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Starts so. off as friends. Yeah, you got to build that foundation. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, we were seeing with Giles last time um, that uh, the whole wedding episode where he just kept saying, like, basically, he wants to marry her, and so maybe <laughs> yes. he just got hurt so much, got let down mm-hmm. that he's just he's just backed off on it completely. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. And at the end of this episode too, normally they end together, Angie and Giles, and this time she just ended the episode alone. I think she was at her desk typing or whatever. So I thought that was kind of interesting. It was the first episode where she was alone. Well, wait. This one ended with uh, David Koechner puking. He puked, in, right? He puked yeah. in oh, the yeah. uh, in the car, and mm-hmm. we just see like almost almost like uh, like the Pulp Fiction shot where the the head gets blown up. It's oh, just like basically yeah. just puking all over the windshield. Too much. Mm-hmm. Too Good much. Stuff. Too much bile for me. Oh, I don't like that, it. That, that rascal David. <laughs> Keckner. Yes. <laughs> All right, halfway <laughs> done. Halfway done. Halfway done. That's right. We got yep. episode six, Ferret Royale. Yeah. Guys, hot Ferret did Royale. We, did we think that we, sorry, to take a break, halfway done, thoughts halfway through the season, Mm-hmm. Good, bad. Do we think it would be progressing more? Do we think there would be more characters? Are I think happy? it's great so far. I'm loving how, like I've said in past episodes, how I haven't seen more of different characters mm-hmm. like Tanner and Hoffman and, and whatnot. Um, so yeah, no, I felt like they were starting to explore those main six characters a lot, giving mm-hmm. them a lot more roles and a lot more things to do. Mm-hmm. I really like, and you're starting to see them more as a character. Yeah, I keep. I have to keep in mind that it's still only the first season. That we're still mm-hmm. only five episodes in mm-hmm. and it's a long stretch. Mm-hmm. I mean, say, I can only imagine when you're writing a television show like this, how many episodes you're planning for. And it gets back to what we were talking about last week where at what episode do you plan to kiss? Are you planning that there's going to be a second season? How much mm-hmm. do you throw in in the first couple episodes? Mm-hmm. That's something I try to keep in mind when I'm thinking about what could be coming up next episode and are they going to try this here I don't know how many seasons that they're planning for and what they will try to throw in at each point. So it keeps you guessing. Yeah. I mean, certainly I think we've learned by now is like reality is incredibly fluid in this universe. So Mm -hmm. in terms of people's Mm -hmm. backstories or history, I mean, I'm sure there could be things that could contradict or it wouldn't make sense if you're trying to logically, rationally kind of plan out how their lives were. Mm -hmm. Like how did Angie Tribeca end up in Paris, you know, for... As an art student, yeah. but it's just all part of like, yeah, it's just it's the Angie Tribeca universe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, that's what we're living in. We yeah. step mm-hmm. into a different world in this show. That's and right. You just have to understand it and accept it and just go with mm-hmm. it, sort of. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, as six. yeah, as yeah. going six. six, yes, uh, which I thought had the most uh, kind of cop-like opening that we've had so far. That felt very much like all right, the the, mm-hmm. the genre that it's kind of playing off of with the SWAT sting, uh, SWAT attack there on on a house, mm-hmm. which I did like as uh, as the guy opens the door, it's like, hey, you guys want to come in? They still hit him with the the police barricade breaker right there. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. They just still hit him in the gut. And I did like that, them investigating the house, finding everything that's uh, wrong that you think that they really would be looking for, but they're not wanting that. So 
they, they find a room with drugs. They find a room with counterfeit money. They find a guy locked in yep. the bathroom. I've been here for six months. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, we don't want this. We don't want this. And they finally find a ferret underneath the floorboards. Mm-hmm. Just shows you what the animal rights are more important than human yeah. rights right now in society. So I think it yes. really touched upon that yeah. a lot. <laughs> Which and then I, fed, I didn't realize how much I missed it uh, because we didn't have it last episode. Is that the cops were right there when they find that ferret and it pukes? The puker. Yeah, yeah we didn't. Yeah. We didn't have him last episode. And I was like, yeah, I guess there was that part of me. I was like, what is missing from this episode? And on IMDb, it says he's only going to be in six episodes, so this could be the end. I, <laughs> I kind of like. He's him. out one more, right? Yeah. If because um, he was he not in five, he wasn't in five. So yeah, so one more then. Could be in <laughs> what does he build as? Is, he ca- is Captain Pukes? Is that his? I think that's his name. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> that would be his name. But we did have a puker in, see, in episode five, though. At the end, the adult baby. Yeah, puke. That's true. Yes. Oh, so we had a puke right. in there. Okay. So maybe they didn't want to overdo it with <laughs> the puking. But I mean, I'm fine taking a break. Yeah, mm-hmm. And we find out in California, though, it is illegal to have ferrets. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know that. No, no. I, well, I think it's the Angie Tribeca universe. Illegal. Oh, I, was yeah, I, oh, okay. I was like, I, I really didn't real. know that. Yes, I forgot. Actually. I already said this. We're in the Angie Kids. Tribeca world. Mr. Frank Moran. <laughs> Need to keep with it. Mr. Frank Moran? Yes, sir. That is actually a California law. Yeah, yeah actually, that's down. No we just heard in our ear that it is actually a California law. Mark, how do you know this? Yeah. I tried to buy one. Really? really? Ferrets are awesome, dude. No, no, but that's really cool. I didn't realize that they were illegal here in California. Uh, yes, yes, they are. They're wow. kind of like rats, anyways. Kind I don't of, really yeah, see a need I think for they're them. They're considered vermin. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, that, that's a uh, that's there a shame. Oh, well, well, so did that. you stop? Real world in there. So this is like mm-hmm. a like a Dick Wolf kind of episode, ripped from the headlines. Yeah, mm-hmm. ferrets illegal in California. We need to do an episode about yeah, this, about guys. <laughs> yes, break, breaking news. I wonder what that smuggling really is. Yeah, is this mm-hmm. a big deal? Yeah, maybe a thing. <laughs> but yeah, so they save the ferret. Right? Yeah, they save the ferret, and then we go into our little opening, and we find out that the screaming this time is happening uh, from a, a cop stuck in the Call elevator. The elevator. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's one of the, the of all the screaming. I think that's a big one that you really should let out that like huge scream for is when you're stuck in an elevator like that and the metal doors are just hitting you the whole time. <laughs> Have you guys ever been stuck in one? I'd be terrified. I mean, oh no, that's why I'm saying I'd be, be screaming like that. When you're a little kid and like you see it clothing, cl- clothing, closing, 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 you got it. And like you, I mean, now all of them are censored, so it's not going to close on you. But when you were younger, uh, yeah, anything that was happen. a legitimate fear. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that happened to him, so he, he deserved to scream like yeah, that. that. That's yeah. very true. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Trebek and Giles go they inter- interrogate the guy that owned that house that they they busted in on, and uh, they're trying to get the who who gave him this ferret. Where's this all? Where's this coming from? And he ends up getting shot with an arrow, which I did like. One, how did they get? How did an arrow show up in that, in I, that interrogation? They didn't room? really say at all where it came from, no. and no. nobody else recognized it. And I was expecting them to do that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Of there would be a hole in the glass, or they would say, <laughs> yeah. "Oh, where did this come from?" And there would be an open window. No, well because they didn't even recognize the fact that an arrow even came. No. Angie and Giles. They just thought he fell asleep. Giles was like, oh, I wish it was that easy for me to fall asleep. I'm tossing and turning when the guy's actually dead in front of you. Mm-hmm. So, And I you feel know. like Giles is, I don't know if Angie's just rubbing off on him. I feel like he's being a little bit stronger, a little more aggressive when he's interrogating different people. I don't Maybe it's just my opinion, but yeah, and I think is this the first, first time we've really seen them interrogating somebody? Because usually yeah. it's Tanner going off on yeah. the people mm-hmm. there. But yep. uh, yeah, we see uh, Giles and Tribeca kind of uh, taking their hand at the interrogation reins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, the guy died, so that's probably not a reason that they, why yeah. they do it. That's yeah. why they leave it to Tanner. Exactly. <laughs> Just get a little scared, don't mm-hmm. die. So and we never talked about it, but his full name is DJ Tanner. Is that supposed to be like from Full House? I uh, always think that every time I say yeah. DJ Tanner, like the oldest sister in the show, I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't even put two and two together. That's hilarious. I wonder. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe the Angie Tribeca universe. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's right. Exactly. Uh, so they get called out of the interrogation room, not because the guy's been shot with an arrow. They don't realize that at all. But they end up meeting uh, Lori Partridge, who's from the Fish and Game Division, mm-hmm. which I did like this, that if it feels like the Fish and Game Division, that's almost like this universe's FBI. Mm-hmm. That seems like the big leagues. Yeah. You get in the Fish and Game Division, man, you fit the big leagues mm-hmm. right there. Which Angie Tribeca tried to get into the Fish and Game and was up for that promotion mm-hmm. and didn't get it. And so had to mm-hmm. settle... For the LAPD. Wow. Yes. Uh, and I did like that scene, though, because uh, as she offends Angie Tribeca, she wants to take a swing at her. It's not worth it. People are stopping her in succession, <laughs> and everybody else is individually getting worked up about something that Lori Partridge is saying to them, even up to when uh, Hoffman gets a little mad, mm-hmm. which I like. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Going to get the dog. Yes. Poor Hoffman. Mm. Yeah, but we find that there is a multi-million dollar ferret ring happening here in, in California. Mm-hmm. And it I could didn't... actually be happening right now in real life. It's right. We don't know. Mark, how close are we to real life situations here with this multi million dollar ferret ring? 
we are literally on the precipice of danger. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, this is truly a. Did you try to get one after the pet store turned you down? Uh, no, I just did research before. Oh, and found out that they're illegal. And then just didn't go for it. There, you're and smart. Then, you're a smart good. guy. What else? I wonder if there's any other illegal animals. <laughs> I don't know. I'm oh, not you don't want to go into that to dark them. belly of the uh, ferret underworld there. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's, I don't know if you can come back from that. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, they, so they, 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 uh, they, uh, and Lori, uh, Partridge wants to take the ferret out of mm-hmm. there. But then we get to see Shoals in action, though. Mm-hmm. She hears this whole conversation going on, then bumps into Shoals and then find, or bumps into Partridge and then comes back with the ferret. And I did like that she's, they want to know, how did she do this? And they replay that scene. <laughs> And I did like the nice little slow motion retake of how she ended up lifting up that, par- uh, that uh, ferret from Partridge. Oh, yeah, because you always see in shows, too, when people pick, mm-hmm. pickpocket and they take the wallet and all that. It's like, how did you take their phone or their wallet without them feeling it and stuff? So they really went into it, the detail that went into those milliseconds. Yes. Um, and I also loved that she sort of became the hero in a sense of the episode, which she hasn't normally been mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. Like, she actually really Pretty just helped. the side character up until Yeah, exactly. In this point, she, like, really helped out the team in actually getting that ferret back. For yeah. Them, so. and, but then it also took a moment to put some lipstick on and get I a kiss know. from the cop. Who, who would want to kiss that guy after he throws up all the time? I mean, that was the first thing I was thinking. Hey, she's into it. Was yeah. that puking cop or was I think that was cop in the elevator cop, right? Wasn't it? I I think it was, I thought it was puking cop. Has he Ooh. puked before? I wasn't. He probably, everybody's puked on the show. So, <laughs> I mean, he may have puked before. He yeah. may have been the puking cop. We can just call all of them the puking cops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she stole a smooch room. Yeah. yeah, there you go. And she, then some advertising there, putting the Pop-Tarts in the case. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Uh, mm-hmm. The flashback as well, uh, as I know Michael pointed out uh, from last episode there, Commissioner Big Fish, a little Dorito shot out. Little Doritos mm-hmm. was in there as well, yeah. yeah. Which I, I, I tr- try to think back now to other big series, and I think there was... I don't. I wonder if we're making too big a deal of all the advertising because I feel like there has there been advertising. Maybe we're just right now. I think this is just like product placement, like mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. subtle. But before, like the first two episodes, the first couple with episodes. Ford and Snickers, it was really pretty intense. Yeah, it was very prominent. And now mm-hmm. you're just seeing just a little bit. No one talks mm-hmm. about it, and then that's it, that's it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know, because I mean, I feel like since they aired commercial free, I don't know if that was part of the deal that they knew ahead of time that these are going to probably maybe air commercial free, so find out a way you can work product placement into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they just kind of went and did that for the first couple ones, but I don't know if that was, you know, the case. I know, well, it's working because I want a Pop Tart really bad. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there give you me go. some Pop Tarts and right. Doritos after yes. the show. Favorite kind of Pop Tart? Uh, just the regular strawberry. Really? Yeah, love it. Oh, it's fine. And uh, I don't even like to toast it. I just no. like to eat it. I'm, I'm with you on that yeah, one. Yeah, I don't like it. Really? Mm-hmm. I feel like I, want, I like to warm up my Pop-Tarts. I usually go like uh, the, the uh, brown sugar sh- cinnamon. Yeah, oh. that is the best flavor. You got it, Frank. Yes, <laughs> that's right. There <laughs> that you go. It. Yes. <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> Michael, you're not a Pop-Tart guy? Oh, I'm a big Pop-Tart. Hot fudge sundae. Oh. oh. Yeah, and you don't know, I don't think I've ever actually had a hot fudge sundae Pop-Tart actually toasted. Yeah. I, I think I've it. always just eaten it regularly. That's probably going to be a good one you should toast. I'm sure that mm, would, maybe. like, the fudge and, I don't mm. know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Ralph's after this. I'll yeah. check it out. Let, let me know. Let me know the details later, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a couple years ago. I had a chance to go. I was in New York. I went to a uh, pop-up uh, Pop-Tart a store right there uh, near Times Square. Really? Yeah. Oh, so that's they, so fun. They had a cool, like, little uh, uh, Pop-Tart machine that you could go in, like, all these conveyor belts kind of oh, swing wow. around. They pick all these different flavors out for you. You can make your own custom box of Pop-Tarts. That is awesome. It's really cool, Can this cool, come guys? to Los Angeles? Because you just got me so excited. <laughs> that sounds like a blast. I would have such a day there. It was I, awesome. I, I lived there. How did I not know about this? That is so cool. Right in yes. Times Square? This it, was, it was just right off of Times Square. Wow. Yeah, oh yeah so I think it was there for, like, two or three months. Oh, okay. I was say, it's one yeah. of those stories that could probably only survive in Times Square. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Mm-hmm. A lot of other places, too. Big cities. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. You know, somewhere like Hollywood Island, maybe? Yeah, there you yeah, go. There's there another Times Square. Here, of. right across yeah. the street from the Afterbus Studios, maybe? Yeah. Yes. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> Fingers mm-hmm. crossed. If you're listening to this and know of a Pop-Tart flavor that you think we're missing out on, I know they're always mm-hmm. coming up with new flavors. Hit us yeah. up. Oh, yeah. Love to hear yeah. it. Let us know. There's Definitely. so many. I can't even keep track of all of them. <laughs> no, uh, well, especially when they get to the seasonal flavors. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. there you go. Pumpkin <laughs> we pie. can talk about yes. Pop-Tarts for days. All days, guys. Yes. Alrighty. So we finally we take the ferret down. We finally see Dr. Edelweiss again. So mm-hmm. thank goodness we get Alfred Molina back for this episode. And he comes out in his little Stephen Hawking chair. Which mm-hmm. I appreciated that he said that it was almost a reason that he was in the chair because he thought it would be more convenient. Yes. And he was like, oh, this isn't more convenient at all. So I appreciated that, that it wasn't just for no reason. Mm-hmm. He actually thought, hey, this would be cool if it just said what I thought. <laughs> no, it didn't work. 
Which I can't imagine like that. So you're basically just like, I don't want to really talk to people anymore, nor walk anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'll just get in this chair and let something else do the talking for me. Like you think that Te- his life would be that much easier? Telepathy and technology, I here, mm-hmm. 15 years, 20 yeah. years, it's going to happen. <laughs> but I think you're right, though. This is the first time we found an explanation mm-hmm. for why he's coming in with all these different things or issues with him. Yeah. So this is the first time we actually figured. I like that. Well. I appreciated that, too. Yeah. 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 Uh, so they look at the ferret and they find out that the ferret is pregnant. Uh, of course, they have six uh, six babies in there, six little pups, I guess, mm-hmm. or whatever the the appropriate, appropriate term for, yeah, for, uh, ferret. for ferret litter. <laughs> yes. Uh, they also find a cufflink in there with the, uh, the initials FB there, and they figure out that it's uh, for helmet uh, fruit butt. Mm-hmm. Front butt. Yes. That's what he says. Or front yeah. butt. Front, front butt. butt. That's what we go. like to say. Yeah. Front butt. Not front butt. Yes, played by a uh, great comedian, Keegan-Michael Key. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. from Key and Peele. Yep. Plays that there. They, uh, the, the great little affectation that he puts on there for, for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they find out that uh, there's actually a big poker tournament coming on. He's trying to act like he's there for the animals. He's not doing some kind of weird, illicit, ferret underground ring. Which we mm-hmm. also learned that the, uh, obviously we, we know that it's a big ring, and now we know that how much it costs. There was $193,000. And yes. some change mm-hmm. worth of ferrets. Yes, ish, ish, ish. yeah, ish. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's a crazy amount of money. I'm sure there's some animal. I don't know what the average cost of a ferret runs, Mark. Do you know this? No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> it was a while ago. Because some animals, it's crazy amount of money. I mean, different breeds of dogs. Yeah. You're looking at spending, you mm-hmm. know, several hundred dollars up in the thousands. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it could happen. <laughs> Don't get into it. It's illegal. It's illegal. Remember that. All right. All right. I'm going to quit uh, my uh, day job. Yeah, I feel like you know we're going to Mark a lot on this episode, but Mark, what is your uh, bottom line? How much would you pay if you could get a ferret? Oh, God. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't pay more than, than an average pet, you know, but for specialty stuff like that, hedgehogs and the like, it's usually in the hundreds. Oh, yeah. man. Some, and if you want like a really good breed I would suppose thousands I don't know really? I'm not, I am not an expert I am a guy who googled one time no, <laughs> that, 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 to us that makes you an expert yeah. here on the Angie Tribeca after show so that's like a rat or a mouse or something oh my <laughs> gosh <laughs> so, somebody tweet me with a picture of a cute animal just mm-hmm. for the cute animal purpose and I also want to know how much you paid for your animal because I'm interested to see how much people pay for animals I'm looking at getting a dog probably someday so. <laughs> so, but also I just want a couple of pictures of cute animals at Michael at uh, Michael Klaus TV Tweet me. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh, yeah. And, and Michael will share all these cute photos with us. So I will. It's a win-win for everybody here. We'll see him next week. Yes. Mm-hmm. Share your pet photos. <laughs> so they're doing, running a poker tournament, and uh, but the entry fee to get in this poker tournament is $50,000, which on a cop salary, that's not something you have hanging around. So they got to figure no. out. they got to go back to the lieutenant and say, hey, we need $50,000. Can the, the, the police department help us out with this? And easy so solution. The, yeah, the easy <laughs> well, the one solution is like if we turned off the police department for one day, we could raise that money. So they, they tried to put it into action. They just they switch off the power for the police department. Everything goes into chaos. Windows are broken. People are running around screaming. Guns are firing. Yeah. They turn it back on. The window fixes itself. Repaired. Yeah. <laughs> that reminded me of that that movie, The Purge. Yes. Of one day you can sort of just do whatever you want mm-hmm. and sort of chaos ensues and, and, and breaks. You know what I mean? And uh, so that's what it really reminded me of, that whole scene there. Yeah. Uh, but they find out now with that, if they don't have uh, the turning off the police department is a viable option. They, there's something that's just a little out of reach. Uh, and so they do this nice little scene where they mm-hmm. reach up above and they find the swear jar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, Finally that comes in handy. You yes. always wonder what it's being spent on. Mm-hmm. Very true. Now that, you know. And that, they that put that a whole like, dollar in too, not just quarters. No, no, no. <laughs> like $50,000. That jar did not look like it was going to hold $50,000 to yeah. me. Mm-mm. They're all hundred dollar bills. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, That's right. Oof, yeah. They're really serious about their swearing at the yeah. police department. There, yeah, <laughs> very much so. So they find fifty thousand dollars in there. Uh, well, actually, the uh, they're dollar short, mm-hmm. uh, and I felt like the, this episode and the last episode was the first time we get a little swearing in the show. Yeah, Angie, uh, language. Yeah, we we get Angie throwing out a little swear word in both episodes there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was like, oh, those are uh, two noticeable differences that I hadn't seen in the previous four episodes. Mm. And is it interesting that it's Angie is the one that's that's doing that? It's not yeah. any of the guys. So, I don't know. You're right. Well, she wants to be a guy. She wants yeah, to be she a does. Maybe that's what she thinks she has to do. Mm-hmm. You know, talk a little bit more dirty. Yeah, that's know. true. That's true. And I mean, I guess on a cable show like that, you're allowed one of those words yeah. per, mm-hmm. per episode. So, we, we've burned through those, mm-hmm. which then uh, comes back to haunt us later uh, when they when Angie loses, uh, when uh, Giles, who says he's a great uh, poker player, mm-hmm. loses and they need another $50,000 to get them involved. 
Uh, Torbecca calls back and calls Tanner and says, hey, start swearing in this jar. See if you can earn $50,000. We just get a string of beeps from him and from Hoffman. And from Hoffman. Yeah. Yes. Uh, like that. I, like I loved Hoffman's part. Yay. <laughs> Even if he is swearing. Uh, nothing better than hearing a dog being censored. That's, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's fantastic. That whole series of events was, I don't want to say completely copying Casino Royale, but very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Well, but I, what I enjoy is when they go around the room to see who's playing this game. Yes. And then we've got a construction worker, we've got a rabbi, we've got uh, a mail guy, a, mail guy, yeah, a cowboy, and an Indian mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all playing this. Uh, then we also find out why uh, Lori Partridge has uh, such a hatred for Angie Tribeca. Mm-hmm. We find out back when they were in the academy there uh, in the yearbook, uh, Angie Tribeca was the, the best at everything, and Lori Partridge is most likely to be overshadowed by Angie Tribeca. So that's the reason that she really is, you know, kind of has a bee in her bonnet in regards to mm-hmm. Angie Tribeca. How about you guys? When you're growing up, did you have any any rivals or anything in school that you felt like uh, always no. did a little bit better than you? No, no, I never felt like that. We didn't have any rivals. Mm-hmm. Kind but, of, uh, kind of a little bit with softball. I used to play, and it was like the parents were more into it than the girls, so they were kind of always having the girls compete against each other. But for the most part, I mean, nothing too crazy. It was the adults, not the kids. It was more the adults (laughs) than the kids. Adults are the problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. In your your high school yearbooks, were you ever nominated for anything, like the most likely to or anything like that? We didn't do that in my high school. We were too big of a school. So we, um, yeah, we didn't do, like, homecoming. We didn't do any of You didn't do homecoming? Well, like, homecoming homecoming? king and queen and all that stuff. You didn't do that? No. Or prom king and queen. Like, we had, like, 730 kids I graduated with. Um, and so yeah because we had 600 but we still did all of that I can't believe we didn't do it yeah we didn't do it so no are you upset do you feel like you missed out on I mean I've seen enough television shows and movies to sort of get the gist and then you know take that with a grain of salt for what it actually was so I think I understand what happened (laughs) yeah but then how do you know who's truly the coolest of the cool I mean I just looked in the mirror every day and I figured it out (laughs) nowadays everybody gets a ribbon anyways so oh it's a participation yeah there you go you went to school homecoming participation here you go <laughs> I, actually, I never went to my my prom. I didn't go to that, but uh, because my, I remember my physics teacher always said like, "Why spend that money going to prom when you could buy a gun?" And that was oh. his that was his little. And so, not that so I took that. I didn't buy a gun. gun. I didn't buy a gun. No, I didn't buy a gun either. I just worked at the drugstore that night instead. That was very <laughs> aggressive <laughs> statement yeah. of him to make. Yes, yeah, like why why go to prom when you could use that money and buy a gun? Yeah. Like, Oof, all, all right. right. Okay, you should professor. at least <laughs> went to the after party. That's better than the prom. Senior year, no one even went to the prom. They just went to the parties after. What a lonely prom that must have been. Yeah, right. Poor prom. The one guy that does show up, like I'm just gonna go stag and see who I meet there. Nobody else is there. Oh, my skyle. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so uh, Lori Partridge though, feels like, all right, uh, Rebecca, you've already in two days have been gotten closer to this case than we have in, in the six months that we've been mm-hmm. doing this. So she gives uh, Rebecca the $50,000 to stake them back into the game. And so we get a nice little, uh, basically it just comes down to Rebecca and uh, front butt eliminate everybody else and it just gets down to a one-on-one thing between the two of them there. Mm-hmm. And we look like yeah, Rebecca uh, wins. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Yeah. Which was tricky. Another one of those things where I didn't see it coming, which he said I have two pair. Ah, uh, yeah. And it happens mm-hmm. to be both nines. Yeah. Four, four of a kind. Yeah. Yes. I like that joke. I thought that was very yeah, clever. Yeah, I, I didn't see it coming. Clever. So I'm glad in these past two episodes they've really surprised us a little bit. Yeah. And uh, but it, he uh, Frumpa doesn't want to go easily though. Uh, but we do see that everybody he, he does realize that everybody is, is somebody in the law enforcement there or fishing game division there, <laughs> uh, because I did like fish Lori Partridge it's just like in a sequined kind of bedazzled kind of outfit there, which I thought was really sharp. Mm-hmm. But they end up uh, everybody shoots each other with trank guns yeah. and they all just pass out. You have the right Very to remain clever. sleepy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they fall down. Which I did like that they they fell down and they were spooning. They were cuddling. Yeah. We're gonna fall asleep. We're gonna be comfortable. There you go. Uh, how how romantic. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so they, so they end up, yeah, they, they capture front butt, they sl- shut down this illicit ferret ring, and then Rebecca and Partridge have a little moment there where she, uh, Partridge says, like, I'm sorry about all this, hey, we, can we just be friends and all that, and they have that little moment there when you're saying goodbye, yeah, you kind of misread the signals, mm-hmm. you're going awkward. for a kiss. Mm-hmm, very awkward. Have you guys ever done that, or has it happened to you where someone's trying to kiss you and you're like, no, I don't want to be kissed, or... Uh, I don't know, I just always give the cheek, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just all high. I, I feel like that's so, that happens close, for yeah. women more than guys. I don't think... Uh, I, I, uh, speaking for you, Michael, I don't feel yeah. like if we're in that situation, I probably I don't know. I've never been in a situation where I'm like, oh, no, no, thanks. You're always I, like, yeah, I like kisses. Yeah. Give me a kiss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Our, our guy's like, I'll kiss yeah. anyone. <laughs> Fuck her except, up. except for grandma when she's coming in with the wet kisses. Yeah. Then, yeah, then you try to go for the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> she pulls you right in. Mm-hmm. Mm. You're not going to get away from grandma, <laughs> especially if you want Christmas money and That's birthday. True. And, yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so that brings us to the end of Ferret Royale. How did you guys feel about this episode? 
I liked it. I thought it was fun. I think we saw a bunch of different things happening. I think it was mm-hmm. very clever with some of the jokes. Um, happy, as we talked about, product placement isn't so in your face anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. just there. Um, and yeah, our little Pop Hoffman, he got a little bit more shine. So That's I'm very good. happy if, All he's, right. if li- he's more in it. I like how the past two episodes... Jay has gotten tougher. We talked about that mm-hmm. earlier. That he has come into his own. Where before you kind of looked at him as maybe not as much of a you know not, not a wimp, but he did seem like he was a you know not as strong in this mm-hmm. episode with the interrogation and with other things. He's kind of standing his mm-hmm. own, and I appreciate that. A little more yeah. respect. Mm-hmm, exactly. I think Angie's just wearing off on him a little bit. So I do like that. And like I said, I kind of like the fact that it seems like Angie starts off like all tough in the beginning of no matter what episode it is, and then by the end she kind of you know, calms down a little bit and is like, oh, maybe I could have kids or maybe, you know, that's not so bad. You see that deep down she really wants more, but I think she's just hurt. She just, she's just mm-hmm. She's just hurt. All right. Uh, well, we're going to wrap it up with a couple quick predictions here. We've already gone through. After Buzz TV predictions. Oh. There you go. Mark on the quick predictions beat there. Uh, we've uh, we've already halfway, as, as Mike was saying, we're more than halfway through this season mm-hmm. right now. So any less predictions here as we're getting racing towards the who, end of season one? Who called one? seven for the kiss? Who called week seven for the kiss? I think I did. Was that you? Mm-hmm. So next episode. It better happen, guys, yeah. or I'm going to have egg on my face. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, the, the kiss may happen. Um, I think that I kind of want to, I predict that Tanner may get some type of love interest oh. next in the next few episodes mm. with maybe one of the person they're chasing down. So maybe he's going to have another companion. I'm going to go, up. I'm going to go with that and say that Hoffman finds Ooh. someone when they're out a little poodle. <laughs> there you go. Oh, wow. Um, I think Dr. Scholes. I think maybe something will go on with her and, and one of the other cops or something. Oh, well, I mean, we already saw the beginnings uh, tonight. Yeah. Yeah, a little so smooch, we're doing smooch. love predictions, everyone. Ooh. That's right. Yeah, that's love predictions here on the Angie Drive Back After Show. Love prediction night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that brings us to another end of another exciting episode of the Angie Drive Back After Show, breaking down two hot episodes. We'll be back next week breaking down another hot two episodes. But in the meantime, Ooh. you can continue the conversation. Real quick, I teased last uh, week that I would say what I got charged for. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was cliff jumping on private property. Oh, so wow. I'll be posting a picture on my Twitter. Oh, yes. And my Instagram. Uh-oh. Oh, so bad. story oh, detail. Bad. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Was it worth it? You feel like it was? Oh, absolutely. See, it cost me about $175 for the charge and court stuff. And my cousin told me immediately after that, she's like, oh, you'll easily get that much out of the story. Oh, easily have. There you go. Easily have. And all mm-hmm. that social media following. Yeah. all that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. check, check it out. I'll be posting. There you go. Speaking of social media, where can they find you, Nadine? Nadine DP3. Michael Klaus TV on Twitter and on Instagram. <laughs> at the only MC. I always had to go for it there. You've got great content. Don't forget that. We got people That's right. these photos. Yes. Twitter at Michael Klaus TV, Instagram at the only MC. Go there. Mm-hmm. Follow. Yep. Facebook and Twitter, Nikki Preston TV and Instagram, Nikki.preston. There you go. And you can follow me on Twitter at Happy Go Jackie. Check me out here uh, later on tonight here for the, uh, oh gosh, I'm doing a bunch of them. The uh, Superstore, the Hell's Kitchen, and the X Files after shows, guys. Uh-huh. He's yeah. got a cot in the corner. Yeah, there you go. Uh, in the meantime, though, make sure you like us on Facebook, uh, like us on iTunes. Five stars, guys. Everybody likes five stars. We, we love five stars. Yes, absolutely. And we've got a lot of great shows here on the AfterBuzz Network. So if you're a fan of Angie Tribeca, I'm sure you'd be a fan of many other great shows that all of us do or just Absolutely. other shows you might be interested in. Check them all out here. And we'll see you next time here on the Angie Tribeca After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Adios. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After Shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 